it just comes a point in life where it's like that the thing that you hate to do has to become like something that you love to do. And so, you know, it's like a lot of people hate working out because like, Oh, it just sucks. I don't like the way it makes me feel. But if you keep doing it, it's eventually going to turn to something you enjoy and you're going to get the benefits from it. So when you prioritize taking care of your family, you're sowing a seed into them and you're going to reap the benefits of it. When you prioritize taking care of people around you or your community, like you get to reap the reward of that. So it's worth it. Even in the moments where you're tired, um, the things that matter the most are worth investing in. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson, and I'm so excited that each and every single one of you are here to join us for this special episode. Today's guest is one that really doesn't need an introduction, but in case you live under a rock or in a storm drain or just simply don't get on the internet, which it would be weird because you had to download this on the internet, so I don't know how you would do that. Um, but he doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to try to make this the best introduction possible to honor this man's historic career. But before I do that, I'd be doing a disservice not to thank our amazing sponsors at Life Audio for making this episode happen and for keeping the show afloat. So shout out to them. Please go check them out at lifeaudio.com for more info on their podcast network and the amazing shows that they represent. Today's guest has collected multiple Grammy Awards, Stellar Awards, Dove Awards, Soul Train Awards, and even a Billboard Music Award, along with a heck of a lot more. He made history with his groundbreaking Billboard number 1 album, Anomaly, and has even appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, not once, but twice. Twice, y'all! If you know anything about me, Jimmy Fallon's like one of my heroes on this planet. It's insane. The Tonight Show is goals. So this guy's been on there twice. Aside from that, he is a New York Times bestselling author, artist, activist, husband, father, and president, co-founder of Reach Records. Please help me welcome Lecrae. Lecrae, welcome to the show, man. Honored. Thanks for having me. Man, it's honestly wild listing out all of those accomplishments in front of you. It's like the guy that has shattered the glass ceiling between CHH and the mainstream is right here with us. And I couldn't be more honored to have you on today, man. I appreciate you. Of course. And I want to start off with this because I found this quite amusing and hilarious to describe your career. A lot of people have described your music as both righteous and ratchet. What does that phrase uh, mean to you? <laughs> yeah, you know, ratchet just means kind of like, um, I would say unorthodox a little bit of, you know, some qualities that are rough around the edges. And, um, you know, it's like, whoa, oh my goodness. Like, what is going on here? You know, what? what why would you do that? Uh, but at the same time, it's like, it's all meant in a in a righteous way, in a healthy way. Nothing's meant to be unhealthy. So, man, that's awesome. And just to start off, man, you've had such a career already under your belt, and you have so much more to come. And you've most recently dropped the single for Church Clothes for Spread the Ops. And I want to start off talking about that music video and just what's the heart behind this song? What's the heart behind the video? There's a ton of imagery captured in such a short amount of time. Where did the inspiration for all this come from? You know, I just wanted to be honest and make a song that was 
you know, really transparent, really honest about what I've experienced, what I'm seeing. And then also like from a spiritual perspective, like just knowing like there's opposition, you know what I mean? Like I'm not just in a war against flesh and blood, but like it's a spiritual battle as well. So I wanted to be like, man, that, that those are the ops, the opposition, you know, and I need to be on alert. So that's really kind of the heartbeat behind it is just being on alert. That's wild. And starting off with such a powerful scene with you shaking hands with a preacher, it kind of maps out. A lot of people have been able to watch publicly some of the opposition that you've gone through over the past few years. And seeing you finally be able to create that into art and express how you're feeling on a personal level was encouraging for me. So I just want to say I appreciate you being vulnerable and honest in every single piece of art that you've put out this far. And with Church Close 4 being the final mixtape of this series i want to go back to the beginning what started this series in the first place what started the series was like the misconception that people had about um myself as a christian within the hip-hop community and just kind of like you know almost like what are you doing here you know because people had never really seen it before you know for me to be mainstream was kind of unheard of um at this the 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 places and spaces that I was entering in. And so I just remember doing ciphers for BET and things like that. And it was always kind of like uh, eyebrow raise, you know what I mean? I remember uh, French Montana invited me to the strip club and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And he was like, what you so kind of like Christian or something? And I was like, yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, for me, it was just like, let me just tell you who I am. And um, not in a self-righteous preachy way, but just in like, let me, this is where the streets and the church meet because that's who I am. Man. And what was it like growing up actually putting on the church clothes and then now seeing from the other side, like, that isn't what God's judging us for. He isn't sitting there looking at the ties around our neck. He isn't looking at the slacks we're wearing. He wants to see what's inside of our heart. He wants us to invite him in there. What's it like being a full-grown adult now with children, a wife, a storied career, and being able to look back at that and be like, man, we were so wrong. You know, um, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like the the thought process is like if you if you you know, God is a God of grace and a God of love. And um, when you're young, you're self-righteous and you really just you it's about black and white to you. It's about all these rules that you've constructed and you're not realizing that that you can see things wrong. You're not realizing that you can have misinterpretations of things. And so I think what wisdom comes experience and experience i mean you know just shows you like oh that's not the the only avenue to get things accomplished you know um you just learn it's it's like a dance you you the more you step on your partner's feet the more you learn how to be more graceful as you dance yeah. hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And for someone who's gone through the struggles of mental health, being able to finally put this like not only in books, but the trauma that you experienced as a child, like after reading, I'm unashamed. I, a lot of the lyrics that I had heard in the past really clicked for me and helped me understand what you've gone through as a person. So with all of this happening in your life, there have been so many oppositions that were probably meant from the devil to hold you down, but you keep rising above it. And most recently, um, it all came to a head in 2018 when it came to depression and mental health and that trauma just kind of boiling up to that point where you're like, I've got to reevaluate some things. So could you share a little bit about what you experienced leading up to 2018 and how you were able to rise above those mental health struggles? Yeah. I mean, I went through a crisis of faith, um, which kind of, you know, stemmed from a lot of issues that I had with the church. And then that crisis of faith kind of spun me out of control to where, you know, I just was stressing and not dealing with it correctly. I wasn't talking with people about it. I was just keeping it to myself. And that pressure cooker created stress and anxiety. And that anxiety ultimately became depression. And um, and I was doing things that did not contribute to my mental health. You know, you're self-medicating through alcohol or even prescription drugs. And and a lot of that self-medication just wears and tears on your mental health. And so um, I just put myself in a bad position, in a bad place. Um, but God was really faithful. And like you said, what Satan had meant for evil, God meant for good. And so I think that was an opportunity for me to stay bound, to stay disorganized, disenchanted, frustrated, but it was when I was at my lowest point that I had nowhere else to turn but God. And um, and it was either turn to God or just die, you know, and it was kind of like I still wanted to live. And so um, I just, you know, said, God, you know, if you're real, like help. And he was like, oh, you you thought I was fake, but I'm not. I'm real and I love you and I care about you and I'm here for you. And being a father and a husband in that season, going through those struggles, was it easy to open up to your family about these things? Or was that something that was completely new to you? You're trying to be strong for everybody. You might be like, man, you, my kids are going to think I'm weak or something. Like, what did that look like from the family dynamic? Yeah, you know, I didn't grow up with a father, so I didn't really have a a, 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 a blueprint for how this whole fatherhood thing looked. And um with my wife, you know, I was, I was honest with her, but she was like, it was a tough thing to say to her. Like, Hey, I don't really know what I believe right now. And I, I'm not going to be able to do like Bible study and stuff. Cause I just am like, I don't know what I think about any of this. That was really hard for her. And, um, I'm grateful that she was praying and she was hanging in there and she was still being, you know, a faithful, consistent person. Um, but, you know, that that took her through a lot. And it, it her going through all of that helped me also see how powerful God is because she's such a picture of grace to be able to navigate all of that with me and to stand on my side and to love me through it uh, to, to this very day. With growing up in America without a father as a black man, do you feel that mental health was something that you could be open about growing up? Or do you think as of recently, it's gotten to be a whole lot easier to talk about? And I'm trying to word that question correctly. So help me if I've missed anything, but. No, no. I mean, um, number one, 
you know, there's lots of reasons for it, but no, it's not. Um, it, it hasn't been particularly when I was growing up, mental health was not something that we even considered in the black community. You know, it's not something that we talked about. Obviously, therapy is a luxury. And so even if, even if you did believe in it, you know, uh, because of societal norms, we just weren't in a position to pay for something like that. Um, but even but we had already conditioned ourselves to believe that it wasn't necessary in the first place. So, so, you know, all of those things became an issue um, for me and uh, became hurdles and obstacles that I eventually just had to overcome and say, you know what, man, I don't have anywhere else to go. So um, let me go ahead and try this out. And I'm very grateful for, um, for, you know, people breaking that stigma before me and, and, you know, seeing a lot of people in the African-American community, like stepping up and saying they're getting, you know, uh, mental health care. How do you think the church and culture should approach mental health care? And do you think this is something that we could all work together on to really make a change in this culture? Absolutely. I think um, that integration between mental health and and spirituality has got to become a tighter one because a lot of times we'll just try to pray it away and not realizing like there's actually issues with your brain, which is an organ, you know, um, now absolutely we need both elements, the spiritual and the physical to work together. So, but it's not just physical and it's not just spiritual. It's that combination that has to work together. So um, if you're having a heart attack, there's a spiritual component there that we want God to heal you and, 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 and calm your mind. But at the same time, there's a physical element that your heart is an organ and your brain is an organ. And so we need prayer to calm your anxieties and the issues that you may have. But at the same time, we need, mental health specialists who know how to, um, you know, help us navigate the complexities of our mind. My favorite analogy that you've used with that is comparing mental health to like, okay, you're wearing glasses. Why can't that just be fixed that way? Why can't we just pray that away? Like, right. You're physically impaired. You can't see like you need the glasses to do it. Some people need medication and therapy and a psychiatrist, and there's nothing wrong with that. And with us being here in 2022, one of the things that I really wanted to discuss with you is all the work that you're doing to educate people on finances with your interview with TI, which was historic in my opinion. And then your collaborations with a lot of huge organizations to really just show people like, Hey, they're not going to teach you everything you need to know, especially in our culture for financial literacy, entrepreneurship. You're a daggum president and co-founder of Reach Records, one of the biggest arguably record labels in history, in my opinion. Like I remember being in high school spending I spent thousands of dollars on merch from Reach <laughs> Records website. And I had my job at Chick-fil-A, you know, getting the fries, getting my anomaly tea, all that good stuff. But you're educating people on how to be smart with their finances. Was this something that you always wanted to do? Or was it something you got an opportunity for and was like, man, I'm going to take this. Why not? Um, it's a combination. You know, as I began to learn things, I wanted to educate other people. And so, um, and then there were things that no one ever taught me that I was like, oh my gosh, I never knew this. Why didn't anybody ever teach me this? Well, I want to make sure other people know it. Um, as far as like, um, the financial realm is concerned, a lot of times, you know, the, the church wants you to, to give your tithes and offerings, but at the same time, they're, they're not preparing us 
to know how to make sure that we are financially stable and that we budget in those particular things. And so I thank God for those churches who have those type of programs and who educate their their members on those types of things because it benefits the whole body. If I'm financially sound and I'm making good financial decisions, then I can help people who need help. Um, and I'm not a burden on anybody else. And, and so I wanted to help people in that regard. And uh, I think after helping a lot of my artists, it just inspired me to say, wait, why don't we take this broader and take this to like people outside of, of the artists? And that's kind of how it came about. That leads into my next question. With all of these artists that are up and coming, you're the GOAT when it comes to CHH and even into hip hop, in my opinion. A lot of these artists are not realizing that it's the best time that it's ever been to be an indie artist and how to manage funds and create beats and hire producers like all this stuff is easily accessible. When you started creating music, it wasn't like that. Now they have right. the opportunity to do it. What's your advice for them on being able to invest in their craft and believing that God's given them a talent for the use for his glory? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just that is that, man you've got to see it as an opportunity to use the gifts and the mind that God has given you um, to serve. That's the biggest thing because ministry is where your feet are and ministry literally means to serve. So how are you serving people with your gifts? You know, uh, if, if you work at a, at an electrical company, how are you serving people with your gifts there? You know what I mean? And so it's just, you now have the opportunity to create um, income to support people, to hire people so they can support other people, to provide people with quality music that will inspire them and encourage them. Um, take that very seriously, you know, take it seriously. And, you know, it, if you want to use this as a career path, then you got to realize that this is your job. And that's what I tell my artists all the time. I think they forget like, this is your job. So get in the studio, record, um, work on your craft, um, talk to your fans. Like this is not a chore. This is what you get to do and what people would, you know, would love to have the opportunity to do. So take it very seriously. And if you're out there, you know, talk to your fans. If you only have seven fans, talk to all seven of them on TikTok and and keep growing them and keep building them and ask them questions. What song do you like? We didn't get any of that feedback. And so now you got that feedback loop and it can only help you to get better. And really talking about someone who's worked hard to get where they're at, your label mate, Holvey, uh, we had on the show last year and he opened up about working at a grocery store, scrubbing toilets, dropping out of college from the good old Brunswick, Georgia. Yee, love them down there. Um, he recently said that Church Close 4 is spiritually powerful, sonically progressive and lyrically top tier. Those are some strong words. And how does that make you feel to live up to that expectation for the fans? Um, I'm honored, you know, uh, because, again, like a lot of these artists signed to Reach Records now grew up on my music. And so for them to say, you know, you still got it and it's still powerful is very um, it means a lot to me because, you know, obviously I don't want to everything has a season. And if this season comes to an end and I want to bow out grace, gracefully, I don't want to force something that maybe this end of one season means the beginning of another season. So I want to enter into that season that God is opening up for me with joy and excitement versus 
trying to hang on to something. But for them to say, man, this season is not done. Matter of fact, it is just as strong as it's ever been. Um, it means a lot to me and makes me want to keep going. That's amazing. When Anomaly came out in 2014, it put your career at an all-time high. You were number one on Billboard for weeks. I remember being in a computer class, checking the Billboard charts every day to see how long it was going to last. And it was like five weeks or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And it's insane. But since Anomaly, you've put out Church Close 3, All Things Work Together, Let the Trap Say Amen, Restoration, and the 1K Few collab, No Church in a While. So it's safe to say that you've been hard at work on your craft, but also you're a serial entrepreneur, label executive, father, husband, author, and you tour quite a bit. I want to know as someone who stays so busy, how do you make the time for all this and keep your priorities in check? That's that's just it. It's prioritizing. You have to prioritize. It just comes a point in life where it's like that. The thing that you hate to do has to become like something that you love to do. And so, you know, it's like a lot of people hate working out because like, oh, it just sucks. I don't like the way it makes me feel. But if you keep doing it, it's eventually going to turn to something you enjoy and you're going to get the benefits from it. So when you prioritize taking care of your family, you're sowing a seed into them and you're going to reap the benefits of it. When you prioritize taking care of people around you or your community, like you get to reap the reward of that. So it's worth it. Even in the moments where you're tired, um, the things that matter the most are worth investing in. Nobody's on their deathbed saying to themselves, you know, man, I wish I would have made just a little more money, but they are on their deathbed saying, I wish I would have spent a little more time with my kids or with my wife. So it's prioritizing those particular things and realizing what matters most in the moment uh, for the long term. That's incredible. With all this being said, Church Close 4 is coming very soon. What can we expect from it? Um, I, I'm in love with it, you know, and I really feel like, um, you know, it's needed in this season of time, just where we are as believers in society. I think it's, it's a needed message. Um, but at the same time, I want to, I want to enjoy just having been able to create it and put it out. You know, there's a lot of expectation on it, but at the same time, I think, you know, God's going to do what he's going to do and he's going to use it in the way that he wants to, uh, just because he used you in this kind of way, five years ago doesn't mean that's the same kind of way he wants to use you today. So, you know, you know, five years ago, it may have transformed Kendrick Lamar's life, but this year it may be transforming user two, two, five, nine on TikTok, And they both mean the same to God. And you have to be content with God using you to impact anyone's life through your craft. And so uh, that's what I hope more than anything is that this, project has a, a powerful effect on, on the lives of the listeners that's awesome and such a good answer you are a very i don't even know how to put it i wouldn't say poetic i mean you are poetic but you just got so much insight i could talk for hours but oh man i appreciate you man if the just wrap this thing up if someone out there is struggling with wanting to live right now and just questioning their life their purpose their faith just all of these things if they're at that boiling point moment what would your message be to them yeah, if you're struggling right now, one well, number one, you know, out of millions of of sperm, 
you made it to that egg. So you're supposed to be here. Um, you woke up this morning, which is all the evidence you need to know that God's not done with your story. And um, you do have purpose because, you know, you you without even thinking about it, you treat yourself like you have purpose. You feed yourself. You you, you know, entertain yourself. You do things for yourself because even in the back of your mind, you know, you matter. And so if you know that without even thinking about it, how much more does God know you matter and how much more do you matter to him? And so I would just be encouraged that you were made with purpose, infinite value and worth. Um, you may not be able to see it clearly, but that's OK. That means it's just a cloudy day and you've got to be patient until the clouds dissipate and you can see the full landscape. You can see that whole valley that God has for you. But sometimes you may only be able to see a little bit at a time. That's OK. You still got to keep moving forward, even if it's just an inch at a time. If that's all the energy and strength you got, that's fine. God is still taking you somewhere and just continue moving in the cloudiness, in the in the fog um, until it's ultimately revealed. And, and you can find joy in knowing that God has put you in this for a reason and has you here for a reason. Well, you guys heard it from the legend himself, Lecrae. If you're struggling, if you need help, if you're just feeling a little bit lower than usual today, please check out the links in the description below for Death to Life, Beneath the Skin, um, Heart Support, every single partner that we have that we just love to send people to because there is a reason to live. There's a reason to keep holding on and we want you to hold on for tomorrow because there's so many amazing things that you could never even imagine that are in place for your life. And I hope and pray you believe that today. And be sure to keep a lookout for Lecrae's new mixtape, Church Close 4, which will be coming out pretty soon. But until then, we're going to put the link in the description below for the lead single from the mixtape, Spread the Ops, and the music video. I hope you guys can go check it out. Special thank you to Life Audio for making this episode happen as usual. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now. Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.